Hey, what's up, guys? I'm Taylor Rapp, former Washington Husky defensive back, and you are tuned in to the Circling Seattle Sports Podcast. Hello, and welcome to episode 38 of the Circling Seattle Sports Podcast. Today, I'm joined by both of my co-hosts, Omari and Bennett. Say hello, my friends. Hey. Hello. First time. Uh, so it's exciting to get everybody uh, in here. Obviously, a lot of stuff to uh, coordinate and all that with life, obviously, going on, but, you know. We got everybody here today. Uh, we're obviously going to start off with our Seahawks as we do every week. Um, with information, part of the game we had uh, on Wednesday, it was announced that punter Michael Dixon was named NFC Special Teams Player of the Week versus uh, Washington. So very nice on uh, Michael Dixon. He's had, he's had a good year. Probably wouldn't be nice to see him get an All-Pro uh, nomination, but we'll see if that happens after the year. Uh, and both Greg Olson and Brian Monet were activated from IR on Saturday, which is important to note because of how it affects the roster, uh, which will be mentioned uh, going forward uh, after the game here, because that's something that uh, we'll talk about. Uh, game day inactives were running back DJ Dallas. Obviously, he's dealing with that knee injury that he suffered uh, versus Washington, so he'll probably be inactive for a bit. Uh, Mike Upati has been dealing with neck issues and um, obviously – if you, anything, you know anything about the human body, neck issues are pretty serious. Uh, Damon Harrison was inactive, which note for later in case you haven't seen that story yet. I don't know how you wouldn't. Uh, Demarius Randall was also inactive. He's been active for, inactive for a couple of weeks. Don't know why. Uh, Jonathan Bullard and Kobe Parkinson would round out the game day inactives. And let's just get into the scoring recap. Uh, the first quarter, the Rams would start the scoring off with a Matt Gay field goal from 44 yards out. And that would be the only score from the opening period leaving us a score of Rams three, Seahawks nothing. Uh, the second quarter would be a duel of the kickers with Jason Myers kicking a 45-yard field goal, followed by a Matt Gay 51-yard field goal. And then Matt, uh, Jason Myers would end the scoring off in the half with a 49-yard field goal with a minute of four to go before the half, leaving us with the incredibly high-scoring uh, result of 6-6 six to six at halftime. What a true defensive battle there. Uh, the third quarter would feature the first touchdown of the game when Russell Wilson would run in a touchdown from four yards out with 10.32 to go before the fourth quarter, and that would be the only score of the third quarter. In the fourth quarter, the final period, Matt Gay would add his third field goal of the day when he would, have, would hit a 33-yarder um, two minutes and 11 seconds into the final period, but that would be the last time the Rams would get on the board as Russell Wilson would find Jacob Hollister uh, from 13 yards out, which is very different from Jacob Hollister's uh, game last year. Uh, a day away uh, from this date uh, with the NFC West on the line where he would be stopped a yard short against the 49ers. Uh, kind of interesting poetry there to have him catch that touchdown. And the Seahawks would win 20-9. to nine. Uh, Russell Wilson would lead in passing, obviously. You know, the, next, the, the time that I say someone else's name, not Russell Wilson, for passing will be a very bizarre day. Um, 20 for 32, 225 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Chris Carson... 16 carries, 69 yards in rushing. Russell Wilson would have the rushing touchdown, interestingly enough. Uh, DK Metcalf would lead in receiving with six receptions on 59 yards. Tackles, Jordan Brooks would lead with eight total tackles, seven solo, and one tackle for loss. Um, and Quandre Diggs would really have the only turnover, which is, I say only turnover, but I remember a specific play that I think you guys saw, uh, which should have been a fumble, but, uh, you know, <laughs> NFL rules are bizarre. Um, so let's just get into it. This is Seattle's first division title since 2016. They won the West. Uh, do you feel differently about this team after this win? Obviously, 
the way this game went, I wasn't really sure <sighs> because of the way that Sean McVay has performed against Pete Carroll and the Seattle team. I uh, wasn't really sure. I didn't really have like overwhelming confidence going into this game. I was just a little worried about some of the things that they do, like the way they run the ball, the way they utilize their receivers. But Seattle was, you know, the the defense, obviously, you know, they got the, uh, the, the Rams got down to the goal line a couple of times. Or, well, they, they moved the ball. They didn't move the ball. Like it wasn't difficult for them necessarily to move the ball at all, but they only put up three field goals, which is, you know, pretty impressive to do against this Rams offense um, and this coach. So, you know, do you feel different? Because obviously uh, even after the Washington game and after the, some of the games we've seen in the past few weeks, uh, we've had some things to say about them. Um, but do you feel any differently uh, after the, the defense is uh, only giving up those three field goals uh, and getting a win over this Rams team to, to win the division? Um, I had an especially hot take when we first played the Rams this year. I, I was stating that they're not a good team um, and they shouldn't have ever beaten us. Uh, and I think this game, to me, shows that. I know that's an extremely hot take considering they're, what, 9-5 and five or 9-6 and six now? No, they're 9-5. and five. Um, No, they're 9-6. and six. They are? Okay. Yeah, because they've yeah, only they're 9-5 going play. into the game. Yep. So, going in, I was thinking the entire time, man, if they blow us out again, and I was talking so much... Um, mess about how this team isn't as good as their record presents them to be. I'm going to look really stupid. Um, but turns out they are not that great. Jared Goff is a bad quarterback. When he in like he had a couple really great throws to Cooper Cup. Don't get me wrong, there were a couple passes there that I was like, wow, I don't even know how he pulled that off. But I think that's saying more about Cooper Cup, uh, hometown hero. Uh. Because some of those throws were just ridiculous. Some of those throws had Cooper Cup laying on the ground trying to catch that stuff. So it's like, I I just think that their team doesn't have a strong leader to build themselves around. And I think we exposed that this game. So what I also think, just about how they perform, holding the Rams to nine was actually a pretty big deal because they'd been scoring... Uh, they've been scoring decently all year, but within the last three weeks, they've been doing pretty. They've been going really weak. So I feel like if we let them score more than nine or even more than ten, I mean, just to make it a rounder number, mm. um, if you let them score more than ten or thirteen, it, it kind of reflects really poorly on your defense because I mean the Rams just beat them and held them to what thirteen points, uh, or so. Let me, let me get an actual score on that. But 16. 16 points. That's pretty close, regardless. Yeah, so like all the other teams are holding them. Oh, my goodness, they held them to 20. But all the other teams oh. are holding them to below 20 points or 20. And they've been losing a lot recently. So apart from beating the Patriots offhandedly in week 15 or 14, um, they've been kind of been on a slide. Uh they lost to, I don't know, somebody in week 12. The Jets. They did lose to the Jets. That's probably the biggest thing for them. And they lost to the Niners. They've been losing to non-quality teams. Uh, 
barely beating the or beating the Patriots with a astounding win, and then losing to the Jets is ridiculous because these are two teams that a good team would consistently beat. The Seahawks beat both of those teams. I don't know if the Seahawks are necessarily a great team quite yet, but I think they're showing off that, that the Rams like were not all that when we first faced them. I think we just had game planning mistakes. Our defense was still finding its stride, and I think that's probably the biggest part of this game that impressed me was our defense. So holding those nine points was huge. Only scoring 20. Um, I don't know. I guess you, you can't really fault only, quote-unquote, only scoring 20. I mean, 20 was enough. Mm-hmm. If we lost by two points, then I'd say, why'd you only score 20? Uh, but, I mean, you didn't. You scored enough points to win, so I'm not too worried about that. And you won by 11 points also. So that's also, I mean, I'll take that. Uh, I don't know. Did they score on that fumble drive? No. Did they kick a field goal on that drive? Or no, we, I think, I think they, they ended up punting anyways. Yeah. So it didn't really matter. Um, there weren't any cheap things that happened to me in that game that stood out to me. Uh, there were a few calls that could have went either way that didn't really. I mean, I'm not remembering a whole lot of penalties that game, actually. I feel like it was a pretty clean game. So the fumble was kind of stupid. We probably could have scored on that. That probably could have probably could have ended up with 27 points. Um, but we didn't. So whatever, you know, it's like at the end of the day, 20 points was enough. Russell Wilson, I think in the second half looked like a quarterback who got his swag back. I think he got his, uh, I think he found his footing. And I think that's what we're going to see him look like for the rest of the season into the postseason. because, uh, he played, I don't know. He played smart. That run into the end zone, that keeper, was a really smart play by him. I don't think he does that in the first half. I think he tries to throw it in the first half, tries to force it. In the second half, he had some urgency because we're going in 6-6. And that's uh, it's not a place you want to be when you're playing your division rivals for the division. So I think he turned it on a little bit, and I think we're going to see him continue to turn it on because... Um, seating is on the line where i mean i think we're already playing a home game no matter what mm-hmm. uh i think it just matters who we play so i'd rather be second seed and third seed because we're third seed i'm pretty sure we play the rams again if they win this weekend um this next weekend so some people have to play off or play with a playoff machine but uh yeah i mean higher seating is always great but this was my rambly way of saying I'm actually pretty okay with this game. I'm more so interested to see how we perform the playoffs, but if this is any indication of how we're going to, I feel like we have a playoff quality defense all of a sudden, which is bizarre because we didn't two weeks ago, three weeks ago. Um, and uh, I just, I think that this was a good showing of what we could do and let's just hope we're able to uh, keep that momentum up. Omar, any thoughts? Uh, I don't know. I still feel like the Seahawks have, to me personally, have a lot to prove. You say it's, you think it's a playoff level defense. And I honestly don't think so because yeah, they were able to hold them off in the red zone, which is really good. That was really great defense that they had. But to me, it seemed like Jared Goff was getting downfield pretty easily still. Was he not able to score? No, which is good. The red zone defense was great, but when it comes to getting downfield, they were not able to score. And when we're playing up against other teams that are definitely better than the Rams, I feel like that's still going to be a problem with how easily it is for people to get downfield against the Seahawks, you know, but uh, definitely a huge improvement. It seems like we're back to where we were kind of last year, which is being a second half team instead of just being 
crappy the whole game. So I guess I kind of like that. But uh, I don't know. I definitely feel like we could have played better, but it's good to see that we're going up instead of going down. We're not regressing, which is always nice to see. Russ is kind of getting back to cooking shape, finally back in the kitchen with it. <laughs> but uh, I don't know. Maybe I'm just putting a lot of pressure on them because I really want to see them, like, you know, really see them succeed. But uh, good production from our defense, for sure. Highlight of the game for me, the defense. The defense played pretty well, especially when they kept on getting, like, the red zone defense was fucking beautiful. Like, it was – they didn't let them score at all. Uh, <coughs> oh, Yeah. Okay, loud. I will also comment on that. That goal line stand was ridiculous. Right? It was like, I was like, okay. The, that was ridiculous. And then uh, Jordan Brooks played good. Uh, can't pronounce his name, but the defensive lineman who got the, what was it, two sacks, played great. It was the defense. Alton Robinson? Alton Robinson? How no, do you not pronounce? He, uh, no, he didn't get the two sacks. Jaron Reed? The, oh, Jaron Reed. Yeah. Uh Din Jarn. No. Oh, wrong podcast. That's wrong podcast. But yeah, no, defense is good. I definitely feel like knowing just the potential Russ has, I would like for him to be more consistent with the things that he does in the game because I know he's better than what we see. And that's a fair ask. I'll agree with you on that one. I, I wish he – yeah, you know, I wish the first half was as good as the second half. For the second half, he looked like vintage Russell Wilson. Yeah. Didn't really put up amazing numbers. Two total touchdowns. Could have probably had three or four this game with how the Rams defense was playing. And I'm not saying they were playing poorly because I think they actually are one of the best defenses in the league. No, um, sure. I mean, because you have Aaron Donald. You have that uh, younger fellow. I cannot forget, remember his name. Maybe if I looked at my phone. Um, and Jalen Ramsey too. Yeah, Jalen Ramsey, who's doing great things in the uh, field back there. What do you call that? The backfield. That's back end. Right. The back end. Um, can't remember his name, but there there was another guy who was doing really well on their line to uh, this game. Um, I think it was like their linebacker or something. Oh, oh yeah, Leonard Floyd. Reader oh yeah, that Leonard Floyd too. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, Leonard Floyd was doing ridiculously well. I mean, and Aaron Donald contributes a lot to that. So you have a team where you have Aaron Donald, you're gonna double on him and the linebacker crashes down and you're just done. So to, to do well against him was great. But also, I mean, like I feel like there could have been more. Uh the two field goals, I feel like they could have been touchdowns. because uh, we we also had some sloppy play in the red zone. Mm-hmm. Um and a lot of missed opportunities, especially with DK Metcalf. I think I think DK Metcalf is good enough. And don't get me wrong, he actually posted an okay stat line against uh, Jalen Ramsey this time around. I think he had he was a leading receiver with almost sixty yards, fifty nine. Um, so I think he's a type of guy, and I think we realize this this game. But I think speaking to Omari's point, I think this is a type of guy that Russell needs to realize helps him to show his potential, um, even with a guy like Jalen Ramsey stuck like glue on him. He's the type of guy that can make a play on that type of ball. And when you don't use him, he kind of loses his confidence. We've seen him kind of dip in confidence. Now, he was the most targeted receiver this game, and he did have the most receiving yards, so I guess I'm kind of preaching to the choir here. But I think you have to push that issue even more. I think you can break 100 yards with DK in a game like this because the second Jalen Ramsey isn't on, or the second he gives him any breathing room, you can get this guy downfield just like that. Um, there was that one overthrown pass of Tyler, which was kind of whack. And then there was a, um, 
David Moore deep ball. But outside of those ones, we didn't really see a lot of deep game from Russ this game. And I like to see that more consistently. And I like to see that more consistently in the first half. Yeah, I mean, to that point, it was – I I, uh, I always get really upset when I read some of the headlines. It was it was let Russ game manage. And I'm like, I, I really always hated the game manager label on Russ just because that was something that I heard – in what, like his first few games? No, his first few years. You know, it's like, oh, this guy's a game manager, and I mean, we know he's not. We know he's he's got far more potential than that. We've seen we've seen that. I just hate that some something happened at that midway point of the season with Russ. I don't know what happened. I don't know what's going on, but something changed as to where he wasn't. Because that first half of the season wasn't a fluke to me. That's something that can be achieved. That's chemistry being in there with the deep balls. You know, that's good game planning. That's good play calling. You know, it was it was stuff that was like it was like hitting on all cylinders. Um, right. And to your point, Bennett, he did look better in the second half. He did look a lot better, you know. Um, and it's just interesting to see that going forward um, and to see what because I don't know. I don't know what what has happened since that, you know, that uh, I don't remember what it was, if it was the Bills game or what game that things really started getting weird. But, you know, I don't know what's going on there. I don't. I can't tell you, you know. Um, but I know that Russell is not simply just a game manager. You know, that's not what there's – that's, you know, he's, he's getting paid a certain money amount that he is for a specific reason. Um, and to uh, ben, uh, ooh, Omari's point, um, when you look at the teams that you could potentially face in the playoffs, um, maybe not in the first round, but, like – Say you get past the first round, okay. If you're looking at New Orleans or Green Bay, <laughs> those are some good offenses yeah. on on both sides of the offense, whether it's running the ball, you know, Aaron Jones or Alvin Kamara, or obviously passing it, you know, with those teams. So um, I don't know. I was uh, a little bit more encouraged about what I saw, especially with the, the goal line stand. Um and just playing the edges really well, uh, considering how well not really well. I guess some of the uh, Jared Goff little scrambles pissed me off. Considering that guy's not mobile, and he should have been blasted like he was in that Thursday night game by Richard Sherman when they wore the lime green for the first time. Which is interesting enough because if you've seen that game and you remember that highlight, Cam Chancellor was right behind Richard Sherman. So if Richard Sherman didn't hit him, he he might not have a career right now. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's encouraging, but I'm not going to say that my tune has completely changed. There's things that can improve, and I guess as it's kind of been obviously stated, I'm never really satisfied with anything. I kind of want to keep improving, um, which brings us to the next point. I, uh, I mean, you kind of spoke on it, but do you have confidence in this defense going forward, or is it like, hey, you know, that's a, that's a solid first step. Well, not first step. That's a solid step, but you got to keep going. What do you, what do you guys think? Uh, I don't have necessarily confidence. Purely just, I would have more confidence if Jared Goff wasn't getting downfield as easily as he was. Yeah, I would have more confidence, especially because when you look at the people we have to play, a lot of people have a really good quarterbacks and wide receiver core that are better than the Rams. The Rams' main aspect is really their defense. There's a lot of teams that have a way better, more lethal offenses that we have to face. So when it comes to aspects like that. I'm not fully confident, but I do like the path that we're going on and the growth that I'm seeing. You know, it was nice to actually see Jordan Brooks really get some production this game because 
as you know, I'm not a fan of that we drafted him where we drafted him at. I'm not. I definitely feel like we could have drafted a better piece. So it was good to actually finally see some real production coming from him. But uh, we're definitely on the right path. I don't know if it's too late in the season, though. That's the thing. It could definitely be too late in the season for us to really progress to where we need to be. But it's, there's definitely growth. You've got a point, considering it was, what, week 16. But I feel like the way that they're trending right now is important, considering that so many team success in the playoffs comes of off, comes off of starting to hit that sort of stride going into those final weeks. Um and just playing better, you know, it'd be, it would be bad if, you know, we went into this game and they gave up, you know, like 500 yards again or something, you know, that probably wouldn't help. Uh, Bennett, did you have some for that? Um, I don't know. I, I just, I, I would like to see it. I'd like to see the team continue to trend this way. And if yeah. it doesn't, then I don't think we're in a bad spot, but like, I think you like you end up looking at teams. I mean, playing Los Angeles again, I don't think it'd be a big deal. I don't think it would be great for us. Uh, I'd like to not. <laughs> I'd, I'd much rather play a team like Chicago, which is kind of I feel like that's where we're trending for the wild. Everybody part. wants to play Chicago. Everybody um, wants to play Chicago. And in terms of like teams we might face in the second round, I wouldn't be. I mean, like. My concern for teams goes way down in between first and second seed. Green Bay wouldn't like to play them. Uh, especially not in Lambeau. Especially not in Lambeau. The Saints? I don't – I'd hate to say they're kind of posers, but they're kind of posers. Uh, huh? Apart from Alvin Kamara being the best running back in the mm-hmm. NFC, maybe mm-hmm. Dalvin Cook could contend for that now. But after that six-touchdown game, probably not. Um, but – I don't know. It feels like if you shut, if you have a good run defense, which we do, and you can somewhat shut down Kamara, which we can, I think we can. What are they going to do? What's what's Drew Brees going to do? I don't think Drew Brees is good enough to beat the Seahawks this year, and I would have said that three weeks ago too, when we had a crappy defense, because I don't think Drew Brees is very. I mean, he's he's a little washed. He's a little washed nowadays. I mean. He throws these high uh, high percentage completions, which is great. But what happens when you? I mean, what happens when you take away the run game and set that up? So I'm a lot less worried if we had to play the Rams or the Saints in the second round. But I think we have to continue to trend upwards because if you don't, you start looking at teams like Green Bay, and you might even start looking at teams like I don't know who else we'd play for the championship. Probably only the Saints would be the other one. But you could even start looking at the Saints and to the counterpoint to my point you kind of can start getting scared if you can't start consistently shutting down the run. Mm-hmm. So like Chuck said, if we give up, I don't know, 300 yards passing to their quarterback and then both of the people's running back would go hog wild on us, um, then you're in some trouble because now you have, you have nowhere to stop them and they can use both sides or both sides of their offense easily. So I think if we continue to take away the run from some of these teams, especially teams like the Rams, who are pretty run-heavy because Jared Goff is not a good quarterback, uh, then I think you could start making a name for yourself in the playoffs, uh, especially against the Saints. If you beat the Saints, it would be a big statement win. Uh, then you just, I think you got to worry the most about how Seattle can stop Green Bay if we make it past the first round of the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And that's that's the big thing for me is even last year, 
uh, watching the game, watching, what was it, the Saints and the Vikings before um, our game, our wild card game against the Eagles. I was like, I really don't want to play in Lambeau. I don't, I don't remember what matchup it was that would have determined that, but I was like, please, we do not want to play in Lambeau. Um, I think it was uh, beating the Cardinals where we didn't. If we had beaten them, we would have secured, I believe, the number one if we won tomorrow or on no, Sunday. I mean, I mean last year's game. Oh, last year. Oh, last year that was um, – I don't even know if that was up to us. No, it was some other game. I was like, please, yeah. whoever – insert team that it was. I was like, please, I don't want to go to Lambeau. And what do we do? You know, I, 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 you know, like Bennett said, I, with the Saints, I feel a lot better about playing in a dome and playing against the Saints. Uh, I hope that doesn't come to bite me in the ass. Uh, <laughs> then, then playing against in Green Bay because, you know, in, in an ideal world, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be as scared playing uh, mustache man, cheese, cheese guy cheese uh, in Lumen Field. I would not just because he's got, a bugaboo there, it seems. The same with Drew Brees. <laughs> Drew Brees doesn't play well here. But obviously, we're not in that position. Um, so, you know, but I do feel a lot more confident playing in that stupid dome. Uh, well, not stupid. That's got some history, that field. But, um, you know, I feel better going there. Um, you know, which is interesting. You know, we talk about the defense. But now let's talk about the other side of the ball, this offense. Obviously, he played. Russell played better. Um, and that second half and Chris Carson, we, we've got a nice little trio in the backfield there. Chris Carson, Carlos Hyde and Rashad Penny, who really hasn't gotten too much action just because we've got those two guys ahead of him right now. But um, is the offense doing enough? And I say enough just because obviously in this game, you know, you'd, you'd, you'd like, I like more points, you know, but in a game like the Rams, you you did enough, which is okay, but you did, you did enough. So if you look at, I don't really see any of these defenses as necessarily scary. Um, nope, not really. Maybe the Ra- <laughs> maybe the Rams. Um, I know, but like, like if we look at the, we can beat them. Yeah, let me look at the. Uh, I forgot who else is in the. Uh, okay, let's go top to bottom. The Packers defense. I mean, they're solid, but they're, they're not solid. like. They're not ooh, scary. You know. Saints, I mean, they're pretty solid. I mean, Saints and Packers, I would say, they both have solid defenses, but they're not anything I would cry about at night. Mm-hmm. Um, I think – I don't remember who Washington plays for that division. Um, but Washington, gonna, I mean, they're a solid defense, but I think they'll be, like, great maybe in a few years, but they're not to that necessarily great point yet. Um I mean, Buccaneers, eh, you know, I mean, they're not great either. So there's not, I mean, in the Cardinals or Rams, and they're not great. So it's, none of these defenses are too, you know, give me nightmares at night. So, I mean, do you think this offense is doing enough as we head into week 17 uh, and looking into the, the week after that? Do you think the offense is doing enough? Um. I mean, honestly, and this is going to sound like a cheap answer because we've had an entire 16-week season so far to have this answer, um, but it, it to me, it does come down to how we play against the Niners. I think if we can put on the Jets and keep on beating teams in an impressive way, mm-hmm. uh, then I think we're doing enough. But honestly, there's no real way to tell if we're doing enough because the enough for... Obviously, the enough for the Rams might not be the enough for um, New Orleans. Yeah, 
the the enough for Rams in Week 16 might not be enough for the Rams in the first round of the playoffs. Um, so I think it's really about situational football, but also like I wouldn't mind a statement win next week. You know, like it it would momentum is real in football because psychology is real and if you oh, yeah. cream the niners and you're running into the playoffs after creaming your division rival uh, other than the rams i'd say the niners are less of a rival nowadays yeah um after their one year spark of being good they're kind of bad again so i mean that's comforting but um you know you kind of uh look at them like man, uh, I would like to beat you guys really hard. So next week when we play the Rams, the Rams have noticed that we beat them really hard. And the Rams will also notice that that's a team that they lost to not too far ago. Um, And we'll be on the high of beating them pretty well. I think that that's a big part of football. Um, You don't want to get too comfortable, but you do want to be like, yeah, we're the shit. You know, you want your team to think they're the shit while also improving. So... I just think that beating the Niners in a statement win to me is what I would like to see. And that's when we'd be doing enough. If we can consistently beat these teams that we should be beating by a lot, that's when we're doing enough. I think it's all about living up to the potential of what we have. Yeah. Um, I don't think we need to overshoot what we can do. I don't think we need to be stellar like the Chiefs. Like the Chiefs on offense is ridiculous because they're consistently doing amazing things. And you look at a game like last week where they only put up 14 points and you see a lot of their fans being like, that wasn't enough. What was that? (laughs) And like you kind of expect. So it's all about expecting what your team can do. I expect Seattle to beat the Niners soundly, especially because it's like their practice squad. They don't have a starting quarterback anymore. And Ayuk is out. And and half their defense is out. So I just, I would expect them, I would expect Seattle to blow them out, but we know they probably won't because that's just how we operate. Lovely 12 to 10 game coming in hot. Yeah, seriously. I'd like to see us do that. And that to me is when we start doing enough. Well, Marnie, thoughts? Uh, Honestly, this is very rare. Again, very, very rare. (laughs) This is, you already know what I'm about to say, but uh, I agree with Bennett. Wow wholeheartedly doesn't happen often he pretty much said what i was gonna say but uh yeah no i fully agree with you very weird i don't like it <laughs> it's yeah no i think bennett kind of hit it on the head with uh playing to i mean your potential essentially you know because as much as i don't want him to get big big money you know bring out the brinks truck money chris carson is a very solid running back and he gives you such a, an element uh, that guys like DJ Dallas and Alex Collins weren't giving you against the Rams. I mean, the, pardon me. Oh, no, the Rams, the Bills, and the Cardinals in that stretch. Um, wait, did they get injured against the Cardinals? I think they did. Um, but then, I mean, obviously you've got DK Metcalf, who's basically like a second coming of Jesus. Um and Russell Wilson, who's Russell Wilson. And I mean, like I said, enough of this game management crap. I know what he can do. We've seen what he can do. He has the best deep ball in the NFL when it's working. You know, I don't know what's going on right now. That one miss to DK was kind of disheartening considering how wide open he was. Uh, well, not wide open, but considering where that ball was put. It's, it's uh, no, like you said, like Bennett said, uh, with playing the where you're supposed to be playing. Um, and then Amari kind of touched on this one. 
was this a breakout game for Jordan Brooks? Because he'd had some games which were pretty solid, but you know, nothing too, nothing really as much as this game. He was really sort of all over the field and. I think he played 28 snaps and got like eight tackles. Yeah. And, seven. but, uh, yeah, no, it was seven. Uh, well, eight total. Yeah, eight total, seven solo. Um, um, because he's, that, he's had games that were pretty solid, but like I said, nothing that stepped up to this. And even, even not even like the stuff that shows up on the stat sheet, mm-hmm. like in that, uh, that goal line stop on that fourth quarter play. I mean, fourth quarter, fourth, uh, fourth down play. I don't think he made the tackle, but he, he and KJ Wright really significantly impacted that, that fourth down play. Um, and just a bunch of the things where he was flying over the field and like Omari, I wasn't exactly high on this pick. I was like, mm, I even maybe like Patrick queen at the time, right. uh, but he's, he's fair to say he's grown on me significantly. Um, because I, 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 you know, I don't watch every single college football team. I don't really watch Texas A&M. Um, <laughs> oh, wait, no, they're Texas Tech. My bad. Oopsie. Ooh. No Aggies. Uh, only Red Raiders. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I was like, <laughs> who would have uh, Conor McGregor quote? Who the F is this guy? Um, so I was, you know, but he's, he's grown on me. And to have another guy at linebacker uh, show that kind of speed um, and just – impact plays like that it's it's uh i don't know if it continues like this i you know i'd be pretty happy with it but i mean and he's putting up pretty solid lines after i think he started started to start consistently at the end of october into november mm-hmm. and since then he's been our starter i think that was because of uh, bruce Irvin's injury yeah um i think jordan brooks is better than bruce Irvin. let's get that out there um uh, probably not right. as much as a locker room presence because i don't know bruce Irvin's a veteran and all that and he's yeah, no a, shade to bruce we love no bruce. shade to bruce because he's love a seattle bruce. legend don't get me wrong <laughs> his tweets are amazing he's hilarious <laughs> on twitter but um jordan brooks has actually since he started since he's got the nod he's been pretty consistently getting uh four or five total tackles each game he had a, another he had his uh career high which isn't saying a lot because he's a rookie um against new york so that was kind of shadowed by losing to new york uh, he had 11 total tackles against them there you go um but you know you look at him he's he's a genuinely good linebacker and he fits so well with our scheme he's so fast he's so strong he tackles like bobby wagner did two years ago um that I mean, that's high praise considering Bobby Wagner, I think, led the league in tackles two years ago. And mm-hmm. last year. Not this year, though. Um, dang it. Dang it. That would have been cool for three years in a row. <laughs> but, I mean, Jordan Brooks, to play like that 30 tackles in your rookie year is not a bad feat. And we still got one week to go. And you're playing with two guys who are arguably the best linebacker core best two yeah. linebackers in the league you considered know. to be probably the two best linebackers to play together for multiple years ever i mean uh at least looking back to legion of boom days that was a sincere piece of conversation because kj wright and bobby wagner and bruce urban were i mean crazy mm-hmm. and malcolm smith for a little bit um who got trucked by like ryan finley or something which sorry malcolm that oh was it in that game uh um <laughs> Yeah, I just remember the the high like the highlight name was like former Super Bowl MVP gets trucked by backup quarterback, and I was like, uh, why did you have to do him so dirty Dang. with the title? 
Um, anyways, Jordan Brooks is turning out to be probably my favorite pick of the draft uh, because he's showing up where he needs to. And I think that that's, I mean, what else can you ask of from a, from a, uh, from a draft pick that a lot of people kind of discounted? This draft actually is turning out to be pretty okay. I mean, Jordan Brooks had a breakout game, but, reading this tweet here's the tweet from field goals uh jordan brooks has been really good damian lewis has been i mean really good Allen robinson had two sacks today dj dallas uh, hasn't really had a huge key role in our offense three tackles or three touchdowns and freddie swain has two touchdowns that was me paraphrasing this tweet but our draft picks are actually not that bad this year I'd say DJ Dallas isn't a bust because what was he a seventh round? Not even seventh round. What is it? Fifth round pick? He has like a day three pick, yeah. Uh, Damian Lewis is playing fantastically. He filled the role that we wanted him to. And I think Jordan Brooks is honestly the biggest surprise because, you know, he's a guy that was suspected to go to the end of the second round, maybe even the third round. And we drafted him in the first round. And he's, he's doing fantastic for us. So I don't know what else you can ask. Uh, I hope it's a consistent thing. I hope he can keep on doing that. That'd be great. It's, Honestly, I think he can. I really think we'll definitely get more production from him, and I'm excited to see it. And it's it's really good to have, you know, those two guys as mentors. I mean, Bobby's – I mean, I'm, I'd say he's guaranteed Hall of Famer. Yeah. Um, that and – yeah, no, like you said, with being the guy who fits in well here – He's, he hasn't played, like, a ton in coverage, I don't think. But to have that speed, and I remember – I don't remember uh, what game it was, but it was – he was just – man, he was just stride for stride with a, a running back in coverage, which is, you know, in today's day and age is kind of difficult to see. Uh, he's, he's you know, like you said, really sort of just fitting in where he needs to. And that's um, important when, like you said, with a first-round pick, you know, to do that and – to look at that draft class too, uh, contributors on every part of it. Cause I'll look back at draft classes uh, at the end of the year and I'm like, Oh, um, hmm, let's see guys. Like I can't remember a name off the top of my head, but you know, certain guys didn't, you know, this guy got cut or he didn't do this. Or for some reason we cut case Williams, um, <laughs> you know, stuff like that. But to see just about everybody having some sort of contribution it's like you know this is well sans uh daryl taylor don't really know what's going on with that situation i was really hopeful for daryl taylor uh just because what i saw you know the production i saw from him playing on basically a broken leg um but obviously that's not helping him right now so his his effect is yet to be seen but you know that that draft class is it's good to kind of get back to that after I don't remember what year that was with the Malik McDowell incident. Oh my God. Um, that was horrendous, but you know, so uh, it's, uh, I don't know. Like I said, I'm excited to see how Jordan Brooks progresses. I mean, mm-hmm. going forward, considering it's just his rookie year, I was going to say in the next few games, but even, you know, into the future um, with, there were a lot of questions about KJ Wright before the year. I saw as uh Bennett and I know, uh, Evan Hill, if you saw that, Bennett, I uh, wanted him to get cut this offseason. I wasn't so sure. 
Uh, yeah, but, I remember that. He wanted to get cut for cap space to get clowny. Yep. And uh, the way <laughs> Evan, playing, what a hot take, Evan. Yeah, I was like, oh, hmm. Well, we'll see, you know. And so it's uh, interesting to see how much longer he wants to play. I mean, because he can really decide considering the year he's had. Mm-hmm. So that, and but you know, regardless of how long he wants to play, I think whenever that happens, that uh, Jordan will be uh, will be there uh, for years to come. Um, and I'm gonna I'm gonna go to this other question. Dalton Robinson is a guy that has kind of been sneaky, sneaky helpful, I guess, uh, throughout the year. I mean, he's got four sacks on the year, but he's he's really hasn't played a ton of. He hasn't had a ton of playing time, and he was one of the guys that when we looked at him in the offseason, it was like, okay, this is a guy who needs to contribute considering what this pass rush was with like second to last sacks last year. I mean, it's just interesting to see. I mean, I don't know how, if he'll be a starter, you know, but I think he'll be a, a key rotational piece uh, in Alton Robinson. Um, I mean, that's not really a question, but um, yeah, just Alton Robinson is somebody who I think is going to be a, um, rotational piece like when we when we had the legion of boom when we had the uh yeah we had legion of boom what was also really important was having that rotation at the d-line because obviously michael bennett and cliff averill were like bookend jesus's uh and i think michael bennett's nickname was black jesus um black santa black santa oh no (laughs) forgive me michael bennett and jesus and santa but 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 anyway, what was important was that you had guys who could rotate in, you know. I mean, we had Red Bryant back there. Um, back then, I guess Red Bryant wasn't a rotational piece, but you know, the 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 depth of the D line was there with Chris Clemens and oh, Chris Clemens. I miss Chris Clemens. You know, so it's important. To, obviously, having a good secondary is great and all, um, but having a pass rush uh, really does help too. Um, and speaking of secondary. Just, just how important is an extension for uh, number thirty-three this offseason? How would, if if you could put it into words, how important is that extension? Uh, because obviously, I believe he's got an option for next year, but I don't know. If I'm the GM here, I'd kind of want to get him locked up sooner rather than later. Very important, very important extension. I feel like we really—I don't want to say we need him, but he's definitely been good for the team. And it's not often you find a piece like that who is happy to be here, loves being here, wants to – said he wanted to end his career here. I love that energy, and I feel like the skill plus that energy he brings to the team is definitely needed. Yeah, I think you – I'm not going to – I don't want to, like, cut Bennett off, but that's exactly, like, you know – that's my thinking exactly because you get – like you said, you get somebody who's got that energy, like you said, and – to me, his versatility, you bring that in. Obviously, I mean, what, I mean, uh, we talk about it every week, Bennett, I think, with just with him. He's only been in the league, what, three or, three or four years? You know, so he's he's still getting better, you know. So, um, yeah, that, I, I agree with completely with him, what Omari said, Bennett. I mean, yeah, I, mean, I think I've, I, we've all said something around the same lines throughout the weeks. Um, I just, to me... The biggest thing about him is his versatility, and that's what attracts me most to a guy like that. Um, why have we not said his name for like five minutes, Jamal Adams? Um, 
I just... So much of his destiny is in his own hands right now, and some of the things he said about the Seahawks makes me kind of confident that he wants to stay here, so maybe he'll take a team deal for, for a year, and then we can give him money later uh, when we kind of get our cap a little more figured out. Um, don't see him doing that, though. <laughs> I think he wants to go out and get his, which I'm fine with. Uh, but I would love to pay him what he deserves right now, and I'd love to have him be a Seahawk for, like, if we could sign him to a three-year deal, I think that would be a success. Forever. I would love to have him forever. <laughs> He's a f- – I love his personality, dude. Like, oh yeah. I don't know. Sometimes we get a guy and I watch his post game and I'm like, you don't want to be here. <sighs> uh, Richard Sherman in his twilight years with the Seattle Seahawks, you could tell he didn't want to be a Seahawk anymore. Doug Baldwin, you can tell he didn't want to be a Seahawk anymore. You can tell Doug Baldwin didn't want to play football anymore. <laughs> he doesn't. Was, he didn't even mention us by name anymore. That was, was fine. Because he tweeted, uh, he tweeted about the Lakers, I think, and going back to back. And he said, "When we went to back to back, he did never once said the word Seahawk." <laughs> he, uh, um, he's done a couple things that were kind of Seahawky. Mm. He posted like about the Seahawks wide receivers. Oh really yeah, Woots, 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 and I think he gave a shout out to DK. So it's cool that he's like kind of still paying attention to the team. I, I wish things ended better with him and Russ. I don't know what happened there. Yeah, I don't think I don't anybody know what does. The situation is, yeah. Um, I think he just called Russ fake or something. And I like, I guess I don't know. I can kind of see Russ's like media personality being a little fake. Uh, it's like whatever. You're the quarterback. You kind of have to be fake. You have to yeah. be like the look at me. I, I'm so cool. Yeah. I, I yes, are, I like football and Jesus. I like football. We are all good friends, and I love Jesus. Yeah, it's kind of like Drew Brees. I don't know. Drew Brees feels fake too. <laughs> um, Patrick. All the quarterbacks feel fake. All of them feel fake. The only one who's kind of real is Tom Brady, and he's a jerk about it. Like <sighs> I hate Tom Brady how he treats his wide receivers and some of his other players. Yeah. So. Uh, like, what was that one guy, Hogan, Chris Hogan, who mm. just, like, yelled at? Oh, he no. did. No, 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 Nikhil Harry. Oh, uh, yeah. Who, he, like, yelled out on the sidelines and then wouldn't pass to him for the rest of the season? That's not leadership. That's you trying to get your own bag. That's not what a quarterback should do. Anyways, that's so off topic. Uh, Jamal Adams is the type of guy that wants to be on a team. And he likes everybody on the team. And I think he likes the coaches. And I think he likes the organization. So when you have a guy like that, and you have a guy who's so stoked about playing for you, I mean, you have a guy who was like begging for you to come get him from the worst team in the NFL, probably. Oh, God, at least the worst or led team. The guy who was like, "Please come and get me." It was almost Earl Thomas to the Cowboys esque. That was. Ugh. Um, when you have a guy like that got to keep him on your team you got to pay him you got to keep him on your team because he wants to be there when you have a player that wants to be there you're going to get a leader out of him sooner than later you're going to get better play out of him because he enjoys what he's doing and that's a huge part of football if somebody oh, does yeah. not join what they're doing they're going to start sucking um because it's not just a job you show up with your suitcase and go well it's just another day of typing in numbers you're putting your physical body on the line pretty much every week so you you expect the team to you know reflect that. Um, look at JJ Watt and how disgruntled he is with the Texans right now. Oh, we need. I'm him. surprised that homie hasn't requested a trade. 
I would have thought it would be traded at the trade deadline. I was everybody did. Everybody yeah. expected that. I think the only reason he didn't is because Bill O'Brien was on his way out. <laughs> um, what was my proposed trade? Demo and two second rounders. Oh, I thought it was just one second rounder. That's such a dumb trade. But if Bill O'Brien was still there, he might have taken. He probably he probably trade him for just. take it or you want jj what here you go just take him um so i just think like you have to keep a guy like that on your team you know yeah oh yeah because if you don't that's the other thing i just don't want him to be on another team because playing him is scary (laughs) because he just goes in there and he disrupts an entire offense just like that uh, so to be succinct, which I never am, uh, and I'm a little late on being succinct, but I think he's probably one of the best players on our defense, and we'd be dumb not to re-sign him. Yes. Essentially, all three of us say, give give the man his money. Play the uh, clip from Jerry Maguire. Show me the money. Just give him give him some damn money, please. As much care. money as he wants, honestly. Well, because then it, it re- with him, it brings into account, it's like, obviously, he's a strong safety. But considering the pass rush element he brings to this team, you got to kind of think about that too. So, you know, uh, I don't care what you do with it. I think he is like public, not public. He's priority number one uh, when it comes to offseason signings. Uh, Obviously, there are a couple of guys, and I think uh, maybe after next week, hmm, no, maybe that'll be an offseason thing. Um, at some point I have to put a thing together about, you know, signees off season, you know, guys who we need to sign, like, you know, guys who got contracts coming up. And I think we'll do that uh, off season. But uh, I think regardless, you know, obviously Shaq Griffin's on the contract year, but I think, I don't know. I think he, I think Shaq Griffin kind of needs to prove some things because this is a contract year and he didn't really prove too much. Um, If he takes, if he takes a team deal, you know what I mean? Like if he mm. takes a, a lower contract, which I feel like he will, especially if we resign. This is crazy. This is kind of bad, but I feel like if we keep Shakem or Shakim, pardon me, I always say it wrong the first time and then <laughs> immediately correct myself. Shaquem. And it's funny because he's one of my favorite players on the team. If we keep Shakim, it's just because it's spelled like that. If we keep Shakim, yeah, I think we get Shaq. You know what I mean? Yeah, and even when we like, did we talk about? I think we talked about when. Uh he got cut and then would later get bring to the practice squad. I don't, I don't know if that's something that would impact him, but I think it's important having both of those guys on the team. And I, I still want Shaquem to get more pass rush reps because I've seen his speed. So I, I feel like he should, fast. but you know, I'm not, I'm not Mr. Pete Carroll. So um, yeah. So I guess to wrap up that question, uh, give Jamal his money. Um, offensive, defensive, MV. Oh, Maromari, you gonna say something? No, I was just saying they should pay him a lot. That's all. I was yeah. agreeing. No. Um, offensive and defensive MVPs. Uh, I think sort of like what Bennett said when we were watching the game. Well, yeah, well, I think it was after the game. Uh, I just have to go with Russ. I mean, second half, Russ really showed up, and I don't really, nobody else really, I mean, on offense to me had like an incredibly stellar performance. So, uh, you guys. Yeah, Russ, I guess, for offense, for sure. Yeah, offense will go with Russ. Seems like we have a consensus here. Uh, defense, 
I feel like you could go a lot of the ways, a lot of ways on uh, picking a defensive guy. Yeah. I wouldn't be mad at a lot of them, but Jamal Adams really kind of, you know, just was everywhere. I guess there was some, I don't smoke cigars, first of all, but apparently he lit his cigar wrong at his uh, press conference. He posted about it on Twitter. He didn't. So, you know, anybody trying to hate on my boy Jamal, shut the shit up. Um, but I mean, just all over the field and like Bennett said, you know, when someone wants to be here, I think they play better. Just his effort, just incredible. Um, like that chase down on, I think it was, was it third down? I don't remember if it was third down or not, but stop the touchdown and just being everywhere. Uh, you know, as I've said, when he gets the extension, I'm going down to the stadium and buying a Jersey. So, uh, defense, you guys. Uh, Jordan Brooks for sure. Me as well. Uh, played. He just, he did his job. He showed up today, and not today, but uh, the other day. You know, uh, eight tackles. Love to see that. Good production. I feel like he was the game definitely would have gone differently if he wasn't there. Yeah. Yeah. I don't um, have much else to say. Yeah. <laughs> There's. I, I feel like with either of those guys, you can't go wrong with either of them. So I don't know. If I wanted to make it fun, I think my second place was Quandre Diggs. And he, yeah, I mean, Quandre is somebody who doesn't get talked about as much. Uh, I mean, he leagues the team in, in interceptions, but he's uh, he's got he's been a guy that's been in even even last year. He was a guy that's in the right place at the right time. So always, and it's funny because a lot of people talk about. I've seen a lot of people be like, "Oh, well, his interceptions aren't that impressive." <laughs> um, and. I don't know how to explain his interceptions, and that to me can only chalk up to him doing something really right. Like, yeah. I mean, if if they weren't that impressive, I mean, maybe Tedrick Thompson would be making them. Tedrick Thompson, yeah. You know. So you know, <laughs> I don't know people uh, find a way to criticize everything, I guess. Um, so yeah, our uh, offensive defensive MVPs injuries. I don't really have a ton of injury news, uh, besides the fact that Quentin Dunbar uh, underwent season-ending surgery to repair his knee. It has been bothering him all year, which is kind of annoying to think about. Um, and before the game on Sunday, he kind of posted something. Uh, he, he, well, I guess, I guess he posted something, you know, that was kind of encouraging the team. So there was some, you know, there was an idea that he, because of this, he wanted to be back with the team. Cause I mean, I guess if you're on a one-year deal and you just got, it was your first year being on this team after being traded to him. You could be like, all right, you know, I played with these guys. I'm going to mail it in. I don't really care anymore. I'm going to go somewhere else. I'm going to test free agency. But I don't know. Uh, do you think we see Quentin Dunbar? Because I don't know if they they offer him a deal. Say say they do, right? Say the team says, all right, we obviously we didn't see you at full strength. Uh, we want to bring you back on a one-year deal, see what you can do. Uh, do you think he comes back next year? Do we think uh, we see Quentin Dunbar back next year? I hope so. <laughs> I really do. I feel like huh. he's a good role player. <laughs> I don't. Oh. Mm. Yeah, and hey, listen, here's why. If we get Shaq back, there's no reason you need Quentin Dunbar because you have DJ Reed, who is the steal of the century. Very true. Um, Very true. And you got Marquise Blair, who doesn't play corner. Hold on. Give me a well, second. He plays, he plays really in the nickel. He was going to yeah, be like nickel. nickel. Man, the way I just be looking with the Seahawks' luck when it comes to injuries, you know, I just hope people come back because, you know, it's 
I'd rather be in the situation where we have him. In yeah, that, that's. I, I mean, like, I, but if he comes back, he's gonna be asking for money, <laughs> and that's money that we need for Jamal Adams. You know, well, players stop being greedy. Because uh, they're putting their bodies on the line and CTE and I don't know, man. I don't know. Other you know, injuries and doctors' I just have, bills. I just want to have all players. I just want to have all players. <laughs> you just have. We want to have all the players. Yeah, all is that too much to ask? Is that is that that's a lot to ask? It is a lot. Um, in fact, I'd even put Carlos Dunlap above Quentin. Oh Dunbar. no, yeah, I'd put Dunlap oh, over him. Without a doubt. Come on. And I'd put like I don't know. I'd put pretty much everybody else who's been in a big exception here, like Tyler. I'd put everybody else above him because, like, I just because Tyler, I don't think is there yet. I think he just, I think we're like looking at his contract this year to extend his contract. That's so, like we got an extension. Hold on. At least okay. uh, I don't know. My thing is, uh, he played really well last year in Washington, and you know, I don't know if that's any indication about him and uh, you know, in general. But I mean, with what happened with his knee. I don't know what happened. Don't know what caused it, but you know, just uh, I mean, he was out there. He wanted to help the team, and I don't know if you can. I don't know if in that position you can say, if if, if I'm him right now, I I cannot go back to this team and say, hey, I need a bag right now. Okay, right. So I don't know if I if 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 he would be willing to take a prove it deal, I'd say why not? Because obviously. DJ Reed's emergence has been very nice. Um, and I think you have to bring back Shaquille Griffin. I don't think you let the guy walk. I really don't. Um, I don't either. But you got to figure out a deal that works for the team. Yeah, and I don't think he asked for a lot of money after this year. I really don't. Mm-mm. He uh, know, I mean, I'm sure he knows he did not have a great year. Mm-hmm. And even, even last year, I mean, even going into this year, because wait a minute. No, last, uh, last year he came in after that Cowboys – that Cowboys wild card game. I want to erase that from the memory books, um, the history books. But I mean, he even said, you know, hey, I didn't really play well. I don't remember what he said going into this year, but I mean, he seems to know, you know, he's not a guy that always is like, oh yeah, I did so great, I'm amazing. You know, I think he he he's able to criticize himself, which is really cool. Um, so I think he, you know, it, I the end of the story. I'd like to have him. I'd like to have Quentin back on just a team-friendly deal because even, even you know, with Shaq and DJ Reed locked up, and we've got Marquis Blair back at safe at the nickel, it doesn't hurt to have depth. You know, after what we've seen this year with injuries, it doesn't hurt. You know, so uh, and maybe he does play really well next year if we bring him back. So I don't know. I'm just uh, I'd I'd want I'm gonna see what he can do while healthy, um, and on a deal that doesn't take too much money. And Tyler Lock, oh, Tyler Lock, it is signed into only next year. God damn it. I think it's like end of 2022. Oh, no. 2022, he's a free agent. Mm-hmm. So, like, oh. that's what I think. You even you even look at extending his contract before his contract year. <laughs> yeah, uh, I uh, want to have him that to me is set up. Quentin Dunbar. Uh, I just don't think he's worth it. Uh, team notes. I have one that I'm really upset about. Uh, Josh Gordon, quote unquote, ah, I don't know what the deal is. He, quote unquote, failed to meet terms of conditional reinstatement. What was that like? Was that in between last week's episode and this week's episode that that whole mm-hmm. thing happened? Yep. No kidding. Because he was supposed to play this uh, week. 
That's right. And then like on Monday, we're like, mm, no, thank you. Uh, so there were no, there's no detail uh, from the NFL on what happened. They didn't say he relapsed. They didn't say he didn't do this. They just said he failed to meet the terms of his conditional reinstatement. So um, obviously that's really difficult. I mean, he can't practice or play, but he can be with the team. Uh, and Pete Carroll said that they will keep him with the team. Uh, Which is dumb to me, not keeping him with the team, but the whole the whole like you can't play and you can't practice, but you can be with the team because that to me doesn't say he relapsed. That to me doesn't say he didn't he did something uh, that directly opposed his contractual obligation with the NFL. To me, that means something administrative went wrong with the NFL. Mm. Or yeah. something he did was administratively wrong. Like he didn't sign the right papers or something like that. Because I want more detail. I want to know what happened. Exactly. You know? Because this guy, with the way that things have gone with his career in the NFL, pretty fucked up. I don't care that I'm swearing right now. This is, you know, the way that this whole situation has gone in his career, this man deserves a lot more fucking justice. Because this is ridiculous. You know, if it's just weed, all I've heard nothing to say that it wasn't weed that he's done. If, if yeah, he, and you look at somebody like Antonio Brown, Tyreek Hill, Tyreek Hill, Antonio Brown, Kareem Hunt, criminals, criminals, like criminals. I'll even throw in like Adrian Peterson. It, it it's it's weed. I don't know what the issue is. I don't. Yeah, the dude like literally harmed nobody else. You can almost make the assumption that he could be an addict. If you want to jump that shark and try to jump to that conclusion and be like, oh, he's an addict, okay, then why is the league treating him like he's like, like he killed someone? Pretty much. Pretty much. Like, how, why are we, why are we doing he's that? He's had like at least four or five seasons taken away from him because of that. Issue. And look at Michael Kendricks. The dude's like under investigation for a literal. It's not a felony. Broke the law. It's a felony. I gotta look it up. Maybe. Maybe it's like a second-class felony. I don't think it's like a federal felony. Uh, uh, well, a maximum prison sentence for somebody doing inter training is 20 years. So, hmm. It is often prosecuted as a felony. So you got a guy who's a little, like, probably a felon. <laughs> he might have been tricked into being a felon, but I don't know. It, it, uh, well, and then and he's even still too- playing in the league. He's still allowed to practice. He's still allowed to do all that. As long as he passes coronavirus restrictions, so th- why why are you still bugging this guy for smoking legal weed? Maybe he pissed Roderick it off. Maybe flipped him off or something. I don't. I, I don't get it. Maybe I don't know. I don't get it. It doesn't make like, sense. Especially Antonio with... Brown has been so vile to the league. He has been so. But because vile, Tommy just... Boy wants to play with him, he's all good. Exactly. Tommy Boy. I don't even know. You look at freaking Vontez Perfect before okay. this year because I think he was arrested off the field. So there's that. But you serve the guy a suspension for like five games for like literally knocking out somebody on field on purpose. And then Josh Gordon can't play because he sparked up. Stupid. Doesn't make sense. Biggest mismanagement I think I've ever seen a league do. And it's, you know, with uh, what the NBA has been doing this year with the Marijuana's, um, 
and it, just with it being legalized around the country, it doesn't. It continues to not make sense. It's like we're back in the 1920s. It's like you know, get please, please update your. You know, just update what you're doing. It's. I can't say enough about it. It's ridiculous. And Josh Gordon, um, I you know he hasn't shown anything to me that he's not a good guy. So I mean, he comes back. He continues to come back. So you know, obviously, it seems like he continues to want to play the game. But I mean, do you see him? Do you see him playing football again? Just because of how things have been? Because tra- honestly, if I'm him, I'm like, what the, you know, um, it's I don't know. It's just ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Sooner than later, I I would expect him to throw in the hat. Which uh, the second he does that, I expect him fully to expose everything that's been going on. Yeah, he's yeah. Because that's I don't know. honestly that's criminal the way he's been treated. Amari, do you uh, do you have words? It's just like you look at cases like Kareem Hunt and Antonio Brown, where there's like some real fuck shit going on, and it's like, oh, what did Josh Gordon do again? Oh, he was smoking. <laughs> oh, <laughs> he is in a physically demanding sport, so it's just like it's it's kind of understandable too yeah oh i mean like, like, perfectly at home you also it's like a recreational thing it's a recreational thing that a ton of people do i don't so what do yeah. you tell him? like you want him to drown out his like his pain with pain medication instead like yeah and get addicted to those or you know like, there's a lot of worse things he could be doing and for him to still not be playing over a drug that doesn't affect honestly could probably make his gameplay even worse it's like it it just doesn't make exactly. sense especially with all the other stuff that goes on in the league and the amount of other people who are allowed to play it just shows that there's clear like antonio brown playing right now i'm a huge antonio brown fan but really he's playing right now are you serious why because tom brady said so like what type of shit is that it's whatever it's it's whatever the so, good guys of the league you know for that i mean i remember Former Dallas Cowboys running back, Dallas Cowboys running back Julius Randle stole underwear from Walmart. <laughs> he stole, you know, guys like him, or even go back to Ray Rice, Kareem Hunt, deciding that he was going to kick a woman. Uh, which is, I don't know, that whole situation was kind of weird. Um, but you know, there's it's the, the the point is there's so many more examples of people that are getting less punishment on a guy who just wants to smoke the pot. Um. And another interesting situation, I mean, they're not similar, but Damon Harrison. So I woke up on Sunday uh, at 9 a.m. And I checked my phone and it says that Damon Harrison asked to be released via Twitter. Um, Oh, no, he asked to be released. Uh, He tweeted that it's time to move on after he was scratched from the active lineup. Uh, He was a game game day inactive, as I said, against the Rams, uh, which seemed to say... Well, he was scratched from the lineup because uh, Brian Monet returned uh, and was activated to play versus the Rams. So Harrison was then put as a game day inactive. Uh, and, you don't know, from his Twitter, it kind of seemed like, oh, he wants to play somewhere. Or he seemed to be upset that he was being put as a game day inactive. Um, and then after the game, in the post-game press conference, uh, Pete Carroll said that the team will look, will talk to Harrison about the situation. It seemed that the organization uh, wanted him around, you know, just from the way that they were handling it. They didn't really seem to want to see him leave. Uh, but then on Monday, uh, it was confirmed that Snacks Harrison is no longer going to be playing with the team. 
and he said that they were sorry to see him go. I don't know. This is a really I've never really seen something like this. Um, because when he was signed uh, onto the practice squad, he was signed, you know, and they wanted to get him in game shape and they wanted him to sort of earn his spot. You know, it's not like, hey, mm-hmm. you've been great before. We're just going to give you a starting spot. That's never been the case with this team. Uh, this organization under Pete Carroll uh, with, you know, the whole compete thing. Um, but it was, I don't know, considering everything that took place with this guy, it doesn't make sense to me considering that they signed up the practice squad and the Buccaneers and the Packers wanted to poach him off. They said, Hey, you know, we'll, we'll give you starting an active spot in the roster. And he said, no, I want to be with this team. And I think Bennett pointed it out. He's only been in what one playoff game in his career. And if he stayed with a team, he had a guaranteed shot at the playoffs. So I don't really understand. What yeah, that was, uh, that now. was Evan Hill via Bennett. Yeah, so do we uh, what are what are our thoughts on Mr. Harrison in that situation that took place on Sunday? Uh, I don't know. I don't want to like criticize him. Yeah, I mean it's yeah. He's posted on Twitter now about how it's like it's just what he wants to do and honestly all the more power to him. I don't really get his decision. I don't really think it hurts the team. Not necessarily. I don't know why he did it. <laughs> like he would help the team if he was on it because he's a veteran and a veteran presence is always nice, especially for a position defensively that you're lacking in. Cause obviously that's why you got him uh, with Moni back. I mean, you don't really need him anymore, but it, it's not bad to have him. So I, I don't know. It's bizarre. Um, weird situation really weirdly handled by him. I don't, I'm not saying that in a bad light. I just have never seen anybody else handle it like that. Mm-hmm. Um, sad to see him go. I liked him. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But, I mean, that's all I really have to say. Omari, do you have uh, any input on this? Uh, I actually don't really have an opinion on that one. Yeah, no, it's just... I don't know. It's interesting to look at it from this point of view, but I, I, I don't know. I want to know what really came into play i don't know if he just was upset that you know he's being put on the practice uh, the inactive squad or i don't know i can't really say hey this i can't be like oh girl you you play football for us girl you know right. he, he's his own man you know and he's got he's a veteran so he can really do what he wants and not really have to worry about things like money and all that you know oh i have to go get a contract somewhere no you know so i don't know i i enjoyed having him here i thought it was really cool to like if you told me during his Jets years or his Giants years that he would be a Seahawk at one point, I'd think you're dumb. But I don't, uh, I don't really understand. I don't really understand it. But you know, it's not my thing to understand. So uh, you know, best of luck to him and thank you for your time in Seattle. I guess. Um, I don't really have anything for the coronavirus part of this podcast. Normally I do, which I don't know. I didn't get anything over the week, so that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> The Dwayne Haskins thing is kind of Corona. Oh, yeah. Uh, After we played the Washington football team last Sunday, uh, Dwayne Haskins decided to relieve some of his pain of losing and sucking by going to a strip club (laughs) and not wearing a mask. Uh, He would go on to apologize. Well, Washington would strip him of his captain's patch, the C that uh, the captains wear on their jerseys. They would strip him of his captain patch. 
he would still end up playing this Sunday, this past Sunday against Carolina uh, as Alex Smith isn't in yet. And they considered him higher, higher than their backup, Tyler Hinkey. I don't remember how to say his name. Hinkey. I think Hinkey is correct. I don't think it's pronounced like Heineke, the beer, but uh, he would uh, suck again and get benched and then cut after the game. So uh, he's really had a turn of events. Um, Really interesting to see that all unfold because I remember I had to watch him beat up my Huskies in the Rose Bowl a few years ago. So that wasn't fun. Um, And then there's been some things, and even my dad texted me about it, about us as a potential landing spot for him to be a backup. And maybe it's just because Uh... we take people in, but I don't know. I don't think we really need him. You know, I don't we got think. Geno Smith, the best backup quarterback in the league. Yeah, we have uh, coin toss Geno, so I don't really know. Um, honestly, though, like, I don't think we need to go out and get a backup like him. No. Just because, like, Russell's not going anywhere for a while. I think 2025 is when you start looking at a backup that you actually need to play. <laughs> you know? That's when you start looking at the quarterback position. You're like, okay. Yeah. Because that's when Russell's 36. I think he did say he wanted to play till he was 40, but we'll see. I mean, he could, he could. I just wouldn't mind having a backup like Aaron Rodgers, who comes off the bench and already knows how to play. Yeah. So, uh, I don't know Aaron Rodgers in the past tense. So I can say his name because that was before I really disliked him. He didn't become big, bad cheese man until Um, a little bit later. Oh my goodness gracious. I'm sorry. I was just looking at week 16 again to look at the, to look at, or this week, just to look at the Rams score and Seahawks score again, I forgot that the Saints beat the Vikings by how much that they did. Yeah. Um. Anyways, I would also like to point out that I think Dwayne Haskins will go nowhere because I think he's Johnny Manziel part two. Dang. I don't know. I don't want to, you know, he made some dumb decisions, but, you know, at the end of the day, I'd hope to see improvement. You know, obviously he made some dumb decisions there. And I remember after his first win against the Lions, he went to take selfies, uh, so he couldn't take the final kneel down. But, you know, he's made some questionable decisions. This should really be a sort of wake-up call. Say, hey, hey, buddy, you have a chance to just go play a sport for money. So maybe get your S together. But, uh, you know, that's his life, and he has to make that decision. So uh, looking ahead, the team sits at 11-4. and four. Woohoo! Um, and first in the NFC West – thanks to their victory over the Rams and they will sit at first in the West, regardless of what happens next week. Um, they're the number three seed currently in the NFC. Uh, and just, just to get it over with, because this is a question um, to note. So basically regardless, okay, no. Okay. In terms of seating, which is always important, uh, it's never not important. I really hate when people say, oh, we should just lose the game and play this team because if we play insert team that sucks, we have to play somebody better the next week. So, you know, I was never a fan of that. Let's just go through the seeds. Regardless of anything happening, we at minimum have the three seed. Okay. So if we win um, and New Orleans and Green Bay, Green Bay win, we get the three seed. If we lose, and in any situation we lose, we get the three seed, which I don't want to lose that game. This is where it gets interesting. There are two ways we can get the two seed, which doesn't really impact too much. I mean, it impacts who we play, but we won't get a bye this year because of the way the playoffs are this year. 
uh, we get the two seed if we win. Both situations are we win. Uh, if we win, New Orleans wins, and Green Bay loses, we get the two seed. If we win, New Orleans loses, and Green Bay wins, we get the two seed. The only way possible that we would get the one seed would be if Seattle wins, New Orleans loses, and Green Bay loses. Which is not uh, going to happen. I highly doubt it's happening. Uh, Jim Carrey once said that, and I don't remember what movie it was, because uh, so you're saying there's a chance. But... Uh, um, there's a chance, technically, but um, you know, mathematically not probable. But just so you know what's happening, that is a possibility. Uh, and that would be playoffs would go through Seattle. Uh, we'd get the bye week, but uh, don't see that happening. Uh, but, you know, a man can dream. Uh, next game is against the 49ers in Arizona because Santa Clara is not allowing contact sports to happen, so they will finish up the season Oof, in that accursed toaster of a stadium uh, in Arizona where the Cardinals play. Because of that uh, ban, uh, and I believe the Ram- the Cardinals have to go and play the Rams in L.A., so that's why that's happening. Um, at 125 Pacific time on Fox. So, uh, you know, the team, there was an interesting take. I don't know if it was Jake Heaps or who it was, but it was someone on Twitter said if, New Orleans and Green Bay are winning handily at half. Excuse me. That uh, Seattle should just bench everybody. Uh, bench Russ. That's yeah. all I'd say. Just to uh, take care of it. If they're winning soundly at the half, especially if it's like, I don't know, especially if like the Saints are. Yeah. Because I think the Saints have to lose for us to, even, to get the two seed. Yep. Well, one of the teams. Um. Really? Yeah, it's it's either if either of those teams will loses, then we get the two. Yeah, okay. Well, yeah, I just I feel like the Saints are the team we have to look at because they're playing the Panthers and like that's that sounds pretty immeasurable for them to lose that game. Hey, uh, hey, don't don't doubt the Panthers now. Hey, they're, they're terrible, Omari. They're a bad I don't know team. if they're terrible. Yes, they are. You guys, they're a terrible. Matt, team. they've been in just about every game they've played. They have CMC and that's it. And he's well, don't hit on Mike Davis now. Oh yeah, Mike Davis, former Seahawk, all the love. Um, well, they got Jeremy Chin. Um, hold on, they've been they've been in just about every game they've played though. I know, but they've lost ten games. You guys are forgetting that the Jets just have won two games in a row. Anything can happen. The Bears can. I know, but the, okay, the Jets won two games in a row against the Rams, who are bad, and the I don't even know who else they won against. Who they won against? They beat the Browns. Browns. Oh, that was that was a weird game. Oh, that was a weird game because the Browns didn't have a single wide receiver. Yeah. Hey, anything can happen. That's all I gotta say. Anything. I just I have no faith in the Panthers to do anything because they're a bad team this year. I can make that. I got faith in the discrepancy. Bay. I uh, and I don't really have faith in the Bears because I, I although the Bears might be playing a little harder because they are basically playing for their playoff spot. Yeah. So. Uh, oh my god. Uh, Bears are playing for their playoff lives, and Green Bay has probably little reason to have to. Well, I'm sure they're worried about the one seed, but okay. The Panthers have lost by four, um, 14, five. Although well, they won, but okay. Uh, lost by seven, lost by three, lost by eight, lost by two. And we're not going to talk about the Buccaneers game. Lost by one, <laughs> lost by eight. So I don't know. I don't know. That's a different thing. Uh, and Russell Okun got paid in Bitcoin. That's weird. 
yeah first player um, ever so yeah i don't know it's uh you know we've got the uh situations for uh seating so if one of the if green bay or uh new orleans loses the two seed uh if they both lose we get the one seed and we win obviously but if anything else we get the three so that is that um no mariners womp womp no sounders womp womp no i have one thing for our women uh basketball players uh lauren jackson former seattle storm legend uh was named a nominee for the basketball hall of fame class of 2021 good for her that's cool Kind of interesting that they just have a basketball Hall of Fame. That's just basketball Hall of Fame. Uh, Lauren Jackson's a spent her 12 year career with the Storm. She won two WNBA titles, three MVP awards, three scoring titles, um, and a Defensive Player of the Year award. Yeah, she's basically like God. Uh, obviously, they're super too. She's like God one one A, and then Lauren Jackson's like God one B. Um, she had eight all WNBA appearances and seven all-star games. So uh, she should definitely be in the basketball hall of fame. I always remember when I was younger, because my parents have always been like involved with the storm. Um, whenever I thought about the, like the storm or basketball, really after uh, the Sonics left, it was just her and Sue bird. Mm-hmm. So uh, good for the big Australian. She should really be in the hall of fame. Uh, and I kind of miss uh, women's basketball just because we don't have our storm yet. I mean, our Sonics, uh, pardon me. So, uh, you know, she should be in the Hall of Fame. I uh, don't have any Kraken. Oh, wait a minute. I lied. I lied big time. Um, the NHL calendar was announced, uh, which did mention our lovely expansion draft. I need to go in. Uh, okay, let me take a look at that just because I forgot that I made an oopsie. Um, because the expansion draft really is when we need to start paying attention because um, we won't be playing in this season. Obviously, we don't have a team. Um, oh, shoot, I'm a goo. Uh, crap. I'll do that next week. Don't know hockey? Can you explain what the expansion draft is? Okay, well, oh, Lamar, you mean, this is a thing that happens in every sport. Yeah, this uh, is a thing that happens in every sport. When the team yeah, gets yeah. added to a league, oh, the more you know, they can't just like put random people together. It's not like we're hiring people off the street. There are certain there's a certain number of players that each team can protect, right? Mm-hmm. So say if we move it to like uh, say somehow the NFL was going to expand, okay. Uh, obviously, you'd want to protect guys like Russ. You don't want to leave him out in the open. I guess basketball is better. Let's just say basketball just because there's less people. If we're the Warriors, right, you're going to protect Steph Curry, okay? You might not protect Draymond Green because he's Draymond Green. You know, So there's a certain amount of people that you can protect, and the rest of them are then eligible to be drafted in the expansion draft. They're probably – oh, I don't think we get – there's only one team, right, Bennett? It's just us. I don't think yeah. there's another team. So, yeah. So we we will get to pick a certain amount of players uh, to start our team off with, and then we have the draft. Um, so basically, the main things to remember are that you can protect a certain amount of people as an active team. You know, they can protect a certain amount of people, and then we can like poach guys off of them. Um, so I will have to get that out. That is my fault. I did an oopsie. Uh, no dragon stuff, probably not till next year. I'm still excited for that. Thank you, Dwayne Johnson, and your lovely turtleneck for saving that league. I'm really happy that that's back uh, next year. 
Um, Huskies news. I know neither of you are Huskies, so you don't care. Uh, 11 Huskies earned all Pac-12 honors. Uh, first team were left tackle Jackson Kirkland, cornerback Elijah Molden, who uh, is going into the draft this year, uh, tight end Kate Otten. Oh, my God. I hate having to say this name. Uh, and D lineman Zion Tupuola Fatui. I really hope I didn't butcher that. Uh, second team, uh, Trent McDuffie, uh, who I know is girlfriend. Very cool. Uh, and, oh, my God, these other names. I'm really, I really don't like butchering names. Edifuan Olafusio. Uh, honorable mentions were guard Henry Benvoilu, tackle Victor Kearney, special teamer Kyler Gordon, who's also a, oh, shoot, I think he's a corner. Uh, quarterback Dylan Morris, who really had to, just kind of get thrown in during a pandemic. Say, hey, you're the quarterback, buddy. Uh, and center Luke Wattenberg. Uh, both tight end Kate Otten and left tackle Jackson Kirkland are announcing that they will return to UW next year. Kirkland's return means that all starting five uh, linemen will return next year for the dogs. So that's really big in college. That's good. Uh, and then the one that you guys do care about, uh, Miles Gaskin, uh, former Husky, yeah. former O'Day, uh, fighting Irish uh, had a huge game against the Raiders uh, on Saturday night. Um, 87 rushing yards, 82 receiving yards, and the two receiving touchdowns, which uh, was really cool just to see in the national spotlight, see somebody who obviously went to our high school, and at least for me, you know, stay home and went to UW, see him really just have an incredible game. And he's had a good year uh, in general. So it's been really cool just to see that. And um, so here's this is something that I am. Uh, I didn't write this down for you guys, but if we look at our side, if we look at O'Day, is 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 he the best guy to come out of O'Day football wise? Mm, Burleson. Mm-hmm. But do you think he can be better than Burleson? Because oh, that's a fair a, point. What my own second year? Yeah. He had a solid career. I won't, you know, but he wasn't like Hall of Fame. Uh, I'm not saying Miles Gaskin could be Hall of Fame, but I think those two guys, and obviously a guy like uh, Demetrius Debose, should have been a good NFL Ooh, right. player, but he was yeah. murdered. Um, and they're, uh, I think they're doing a documentary on him. So I'll have to, whenever that thing comes out, I'll link it. But um, so I think I'm trying to remember. I think there's he's Taylor doing, Mays. Oh, yeah, there's Taylor Mays, but, you know. Taylor Mays, yeah. <laughs> uh, and then there's Nate Burleson. And Burleson, I mean... He had a uh, pretty, I mean, he was around for a while. And, yeah, he had an um, okay career, and now he's the NFL guy. NFL, is it Good Morning Football, I think it is? Yeah, and then he does some of the... He used to do some of the post-game. Oh, yeah. Anymore. Uh, pretty decent career for 40 touchdowns, just about. I mean, to be in the league longer than the average is always good, just considering how many people just don't mm-hmm. stay around very long, you know. After and also to come out of, like, a college that is, I mean, it's Nevada. Oh, yeah, where'd he so, oh. In Nevada? Yeah. Yeah. And, so I mean, to come, to come from an offense that doesn't really use the uh, wide receivers. receivers. I know he talked about that. That was fun. <laughs> they, so. When they had Miles on the, the show, they mm-hmm. talked about that and how Miles was like, it's crazy that you made it to the NFL from a high school that doesn't throw. Um, but I don't know. You look at, I think uh, Miles Gaskin is kind of making a name for himself all oh, of a yeah. sudden this year. And uh, 
I think he might be the best O'Day product, at least. As of right now. As of right now. I mean, mm-hmm. that could change at a moment's notice, given the next eight years. We'll Football products, you know. Probably we... have some O'Day yeah. product in, in there. In terms of general products, I think we know a guy who can uh, be pretty good. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Uh, well, no, a couple guys. Uh, probably two guys who will be in the NBA. Uh PZ and a uh, geez, that took me maybe like a minute to figure out who you're talking about. I think no, we'll go to the NBA. I I think we'll. Are so. we putting that? Are we putting that on air now? Yeah. Oh yeah. All right. I'll agree with you because he's putting up bang up numbers. I don't Washington. disagree with that. You know. Hey, I just got to point this out because we were talking about before recording. Yep. Yeah, go ahead. Ranked and they're eight and zero. I know this is <laughs> one Seattle, and I don't consider them Seattle ranked. just because they're in Pullman. But to their point, Wazoo's eight and zero, and Oregon six and two and Wazoo's not ranked. So that's a little ridiculous. So, but yeah, no, Noah's been playing really well. Um, and it's what his second year. So, you know, I think he's got more to improve. And even to go back to miles, I think they're finally, he's being used more in that receiving game. And that's always been something he's been good at. So it's really good to see him get involved in the passing game. So funny, really, I didn't pass. <laughs> really exciting to uh see our guy do that i don't know i got off of work uh, and these guys were like texting me like whoa big play i was like <laughs> what are you guys talking about and i had to go turn that on because i think it's on i think was that on nfl network i uh, yeah it must have been because of the yeah. saturday game um so that was uh really cool to see that so it does count because uh both of those schools that he was from are from seattle and all three of your hosts went to the high school he went to so if you don't like it you can eat poop I uh, don't have anything else. There was no basketball for men's or women's. The men's team is one and six anyway. So, gar. So yeah, that is uh, our uh, segment for today, episode thirty-eight. Max Strong's number, former fullback in the uh, what do you call those uniforms? The the second uniforms the teams had. I don't know if there's a <clears throat> way to describe them, but that's it uh, i don't have anything else to say really do you guys have uh anything omari this is obviously your first time well not first time but this is the first time we've had everybody uh here this week so uh does anybody have anything they want to leave with us mm-hmm. go kooks you know really rooting for them <laughs> i know people we'll never say it so go uh, how about a happy new year happy new year yeah we uh we've got it. when is that on thursday, thursday. Oh. Friday. It's Friday. That's Friday. That's Friday. Happy New Year from your friends here at the Circling Sales Sports Podcast. I have something that I would like to reveal pretty soon, but I need Omari to send me his bio. Um, (laughs) And I can. Omari, that was like a week ago. And I can publish that. But that's that. I'm pretty excited to put that out there. But other than that, uh, Seahawks have the 49ers to play next week. I mean, this upcoming Sunday. Pardon me. Oh, wait. Omari's here. We can do a score prediction. (laughs) Oh boy. Okay, yeah. Let's. Uh, I'll write these down too, just so we remember. Um, I, I never do these because I don't like predictions, but I will. Uh, I will write these down. All right, Why? go ahead. Let it. Let them rip. Uh, let's see. We're playing the 49ers. All right. The Seahawks always play down to their opponent because we're terrible. Even though we're going against the second string quarterback, we're not going to absolutely destroy them. Uh, wait, are we still not playing against Jimmy G? No. no, I don't yeah. even think it's Nick Mullins. I think it's C.J. Beathard. It is Beathard. God, okay. Uh, I'm saying they're still going to score just because they have a solid run game. So I'm going to say like nine to 
Well, I was about to say nine to twenty. Can't say that. <laughs> hey, Omari, if they're gonna score, how are they gonna get nine? <laughs> well, that's why I said I can say that. Patriots did get nine last night, and they had a touchdown a and a field goal. Hey, uh, I guess I can miss an extra point. I'll say somewhere like, yeah, like 10, 10, 10 to 20, 21. I'm going 13, 24. Hmm. Are these victories? Yeah, these are victories. Yes. Okay. Just, just making sure. I think we can score three touchdowns. I think we should be able to. So 24 sounds good to me. So we're uh, feeling hopeful heading into the final week of the season here. Um, really not too much i mean it's basically the seahawks and college basketball so that's about it uh just considering the huskies don't have a bowl game um, man and hopefully we have like four more weeks of talking about the seahawks that would be that would be really <laughs> nice. nice i would yeah, appreciate that because then we kind of get into the dark ages mm-hmm. of the sports so I'll, I'll come with some with some things but next week i definitely will have the uh, nhl calendar i can't believe i missed that because uh, that expansion draft is pretty important to note. So that is it for us. Uh, we've been talking for a bit now. Yeah. And uh, we will see you next Tuesday. Bennett, any noises to make? Man, uh, bye. All right. I'll see you later. Happy New Year. Baba Booey.